0: This is v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shog on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: We begin our number two of Big Bets here at South Point Casino and Hotel. Dave Ross and Amal Shog coming at you here for the next hour. Always a pleasure each and every Friday. I'll be joined by Nick Whalen. Of course, Nick is the senior analyst at RotoWire. wire You can follow him on Twitter as I do at Whalen. Again, substitute the L for the number one. Nick, great to have you on the program. We start off with uh, issues in Brooklyn. It looks like Kyrie trade deadline is next Thursday. I was looking at those futures markets, Nick, and I see the Lakers Uh 30-1, to Brooklyn 14-1. to Boy, I don't like that ticket. If Kyrie wants out, what do you make of this news today, Nick? Is he whistling Dixie here, or is he really trying to get out of Brooklyn?
4: I don't know how we could read this other than Kyrie trying to get out. And look, you know, the, the Nets do have to trade him. It's not like this is a guarantee by any means. So there is a world in which Kyrie is still on this roster after Thursday at 3 o'clock. But it's Kyrie Irving. I don't think the Nets want to deal with that, right? I mean, it, it's been a little you know, suspiciously quiet these last few months. And you know, lo and behold, here we are now, less than a week before the deadline. This request comes down. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the two sides were unable to to reach an extension if there's one thing that kyrie has been somewhat consistent about it's that he wanted to sign an extension with brooklyn and per shams tarania the nets were engaging in that conversation but they offered him an extension that included a lot of caveats in terms of games played things like that and Kyrie irving in his camp apparently balked at it and because of that now you know the, the two sides have broken down and and he's looking to go elsewhere so you know, it becomes really interesting because we hadn't really thought about Kyrie as a trade deadline candidate. Like I said, things had been so quiet that all of a sudden now we're throwing another big time piece into the mix. And the fact that Kyrie Irving could be a rental for a team, because I don't think there are a lot of teams that look at him and say, great, let's trade for him and re-sign him to an extension. Like Mm. most teams don't want to deal with that. But the idea of bringing Kyrie in for three or four months, you know, like I could see several teams talking themselves into that argument.
3: You know Nick, I look at the market here and again, the Celtics right now the favorites plus 330, Milwaukee plus 650, then you go out west to the Nuggets 7 to 1, Clippers plus 850, Warriors the reigning defending at 10 to 1, Philly 11 to 1 and Memphis 11 to 1 before you get to Brooklyn at 14 to 1. Do you think it's one of those upper echelon teams that would be in that short running for Kyrie which could really change this market if Kyrie goes to a team that we already perceive to be a contender?
4: Well, you know, it's interesting because the market's already shifted. I mean, the Nets have gone from 7-1, to 1 to 14-1 to 1 just in the last hour. The Lakers have moved from 40-1 to 1 to 30-1. to 1. I don't think we see one of those top contenders make that move. Of the teams you mentioned, I think the Clippers are the team that will inquire the most. However, you know, they're pretty over-leveraged in terms of their future assets. They don't have a lot of picks available to trade. And I don't really know what young players the Brooklyn Nets would be overly interested in, you know, it's like, do you want that Luke Kennard contract? Are you that enthralled with Terrence Mann or mm. Norman Powell? Probably not. I think another team could beat that offer. Uh, so to me, it, it, those teams are all solidified enough that they don't need to bring in, you know, that the problem that is Kyrie Irving. Whereas a team like the Lakers, I mean, that risk is worth the reward to me because where else are you going? You know, and you already have the proven history of Kyrie Irving, at least somewhat working with LeBron James. So it, it's teams that I think are in somewhat of a desperation don't so teams like the Lakers, teams like the Dallas Mavericks, who desperately need that second option next to Luka Doncic. Uh, you know, obviously the Toronto Raptors have pieces to move. Uh, you know, We could see a team like the Knicks, the Bulls, you know, all those teams in the mid-level that are kind of looking for that jackpot type of trade. Those are the teams I think we need to focus on.
5: I love your suggestion of him going to Dallas. And the reason I say that is because I think we'd have a fight between those two by the end of the year. I mean, there's no way these two guys could coexist. Ball dominance. Are you kidding me? I, a friend of mine and I have called Kyrie the best one-on-five player in the history of the NBA. This guy has never met a pass he's liked. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there are clips of him literally dribbling the ball for 18 seconds and then going one-on-one. So I like that suggestion there, Nick, but um, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I just think when I look at this team right now, I, I don't think it's the way to go, mm-hmm. at least from my perspective. But we'll, we'll see what happens. want to go to a matchup here between uh, Toronto mm-hmm. and Houston. Um, a little bit surprised by this game. I'm sure there'll be at least 20 to 25 people watching <laughs> it. Uh, at least 23 of them will have wagers on it. Well, what do you like in this matchup between these two teams? Houston Rockets really struggling this year. Uh, Raptors laying seven and a half on the road here.
4: Yeah, I, I'm inclined to go with, with the Raptors here. I I don't feel quite as strongly a, about the spread as I do a couple of props. And, Ooh. you know, I've kind of found myself really getting in the weeds uh, with these blocks and steals props, specifically targeting the Houston Rockets who turned the ball over at a ridiculous rate. I mean their turnover percentage is almost at 20% right now. You know, you compare that to some of the better teams in the league that hover around 10% they're they're coughing it up like 17 times per game. And, you know, adding the the potential for blocks onto that uh, has made these really exploitable. Uh, We, I I took Shea Gil, Alexander over two and a half uh, steals plus blocks the other night, that one hit pretty easily. So you could get Fred VanVleet over 0.5 steals plus blocks uh, or Scotty Barnes over 0.5 steals plus blocks. Against the Rockets, guys who are going to play a ton of minutes versus a team that turns it over, that takes reckless shots at the rim, that is without some of its best players, uh, that's what I really like in that game. So, you know, that, that's my play there. And then, you know, big number for the 76ers on the road tonight. They're, they're they're facing the Spurs, but the Spurs are the other team out west that I continually find myself targeting. It, it doesn't matter if you break down last 10 games, last 20 games, full season. Like this is one of the worst defenses in NBA history. And if Joel Embiid plays in this game, he is questionable, which I think he'll play, you know, the props are up, which is usually a good sign. I think this is a great, great spot for Philly to bounce back. You get that kind of post all-star uh, kind of revenge narrative Embiid's beads, mad that he's not starting Harden's upset that he's not on the roster at all. <laughs> I, I think this is a, a really rough spot for the Spurs to try to cover at home.
3: And by the way, again, if you haven't written down those plays by Nick, they will be available for visa and pro subscribers on our picks page. When you go to VEASAN.com, so Nick's info, uh, really good there, certainly in the NBA. I do want to switch over to the NFL here, Nick, very quickly. Before we focus in on the Super Bowl, I do want to get your off-season thoughts, if you will, if you're going to kind of handicap maybe teams and some of the moves that we're seeing here. Mm -hmm. We're getting down to the end of the nitty-gritty with the coaching carousel. The quarterback carousel is still wide open with Tom Brady's sudden second retirement now, Aaron Rodgers. We don't know if he's going to be out of Green Bay. How do you handicap those Mm -hmm. markets when you really – we don't know fully yet what teams are going to do in the draft and or free agency.
4: Yeah, I mean it's tough. It, it's really fun to look at 2024 Super Bowl odds, but I in general I wouldn't advise betting them before mm. we've even played the 2023 Super Bowl. Uh <laughs> but it's, it's really interesting to kind of look at as a guide, you know. It's like the Eagles at 8 to 1. I kind of like that. The, the Bengals at 9 to 1. I think there's some value there. Uh, you know, teams like the Jets, uh, teams like the, you know, the 49ers who were not quite sure what's going on at quarterback. I think, you know, the, the market could kind of be your guide. Like the fact that the Jets are 25 to one, I, I think that heavily implies that there's a good chance Aaron Rodgers heads there. Uh, I, you know, when I bet it at 25 to one, probably not. I, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers pushes the Jets over the top. I, I actually kind of like it as a bridge move because obviously the Jets are not picking in the top seven in the draft. They're not going to have a great shot at landing a future quarterback. I don't think uh, Mike White is the guy. I, I certainly don't think Zach Wilson is the guy. So tethering yourself to Aaron Rodgers and, and kind of going year to year, I don't hate that idea. You know, you're not committing, you know, for 4 or 5 years to a, a, a mid-level quarterback, but at the same time, guys, the AFC is not going anywhere. I mean, the Chiefs are going to be good. The Bills are going to be good. The, the Bengals are going to be good. My Jaguars, you know, they're they're going to own the AFC South for who knows how long. Ooh. The Chargers could take a step forward, the Ravens could take a step forward. So like, will the Jets be better if they get Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Are they going to be a Super Bowl contender? I don't really think so.
5: Well, it's always five o'clock somewhere, Dave. Obviously, Nick getting started early on that mantra today with <laughs> I that Jackson. I love well, I don't mind that, and I do think Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne have them heading in the right direction. But uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit there, Nick. But let's talk <laughs> I'm just about talking this. about
4: the division, <laughs> yeah. just the division. Not the no, Super Bowl. I, I am
5: too. Mm-hmm. I am too. I look. I'm not ready to give it to them just yet, but. I uh, want to stay in the state of Wisconsin real quick. You mentioned it with the Rogers situation. If I'm the Packers, I don't trade him. Mm-hmm. I, I think you got to stick with him. Also on the hardwood last night, terrific comeback by uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Um, this team was down big in this game. Uh, I mean, I remember at one point they were down 16. I don't know if they got any higher than that. Yeah. Give me your perspective. I, um, to me, I still feel our, our regular producer, Kelly Bidlin, and I believe that the Bucks are still team to beat in the Eastern Conference. All due respect to Boston. I know they got to the finals. I'm still taking the best player in the world.
4: I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, they were down 20 plus last night in the oh, third quarter, wow, came all the way back, much. won that game. I mean, they, they they got like nine straight stops to end the game. I don't know if you guys stayed up late to watch that. I mean, it was it was wild, the defense that they played. I, I still think Boston has the better and deeper overall roster. But like you said, the Bucks have the best guy. And if Chris Middleton is healthy and he's able to play 35 plus minutes throughout the playoffs, I'm not picking against Milwaukee. I think we we kind of forget that they almost beat Boston without Chris Middleton last year. And I think the, or the the Celtics, excuse me, making that run to the finals, it was somewhat of an artificial boost because they shouldn't have even made it that far. If the Bucs were healthy, they would have been the team to mm-hmm. go to the finals and represent the East. And I don't know if they beat the Warriors or not, but I feel like we, we tend to forget you know that the Bucs were banged up in that series. The question is, can they get that one more piece? At the deadline, you know, because the Celtics are gonna be looking to load up too. I mean, they might add someone like Jakob Hurdle or you know Mason Plumley, whoever it might be. If the Bucks are just adding Jay Crowder, I I am not that excited about it. I, I don't think Jay Crowder is going to have that PJ Tucker like impact. So I would love to see them get one more guy, but ultimately, if you could promise me that they're big four, Giannis, Drew, Middleton, Lopez are healthy, I'm not picking against them in the East.
3: Yeah, 54 points last night. They scored 106. Do that math. Holy <laughs> mackerel! That's how good Giannis was last night. All right, very quickly before we go here, are, are you picking a side or a total yet in the Super Bowl? It's still one and a half for the Eagles, 15 and a half for the total? Or are you going to wait and see what the injury reports look like next week for the Chiefs specifically?
4: I'm waiting on that for sure. It doesn't look good for Nicole Hardman. Uh, I know the Chiefs kind of indicated that he likely won't play, but either way, guys, I, I find myself gravitating toward the Eagles, mm. and I, I'm cognizant of the narrative that, you know, they've had a relatively easy path, and, you know, betting against Mahomes is just – never fun. You're never going to feel great about it, but I, I think they're the better overall roster. And you know, obviously the chiefs have been a very good team since Mahomes took over, but I, I don't feel like this specific chiefs team has that same air of like golden state warriors, invincibility as they did in the past. Like, I, I think they're a little bit more vulnerable.
3: I, I tend to agree with that. And again, we kind of theorize if 15 was fully healthy and the receivers, maybe it's the three point line for the chiefs. But I think that's now people are accounting that we just know Mahomes is not going to be 100%, and we don't know about the receivers.
5: I'll let Nick answer this next week. Do you think we'll ever talk about Trevor Lawrence in the way we do about 15?
4: Wow.
3: He's got better hair than I don't Mahomes.
4: think so. I wish, <laughs> but no.
3: Nick, we appreciate it as always. My friend, we'll catch up again next week. There he is, everybody, Bye. Nick Whalen. Check him out at RotoWire. wire Come on back. More College Hoops Talk next here on these.
0: VSEN's big bets with Dave Ross and Mall Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: The big game means big plans for VSEN. V-CIN. VSEN going to be in the middle of all the action and broadcasting live from Radio Row in Phoenix with athlete and celebrity interviews. Our experts going to break down the big game. You don't want to miss any of VSEN's coverage. Huddle up, watch, follow the money. The Lombardi Line, VSEN Final Countdown, VSEN Prime Time, all live from Radio Row starting on Monday. For betting splits, expert picks. Big game props, head over to vsin.com. That's vsin.com. Back alongside of Shaw Dave Ross here, Brian Ortega doing a great job producing behind the glass today. Of course, he is our resident uh, movie buff here at the network, gives out great numbers because uh, you can act. Yes, America, you can bet the Academy Awards. You can do that. When you think of like athletes as actors, and we were just talking about any given Sunday during the break a little bit, like LT was in any given Sunday. Right, remember, he split the car in half with the chainsaw. On a team, he got two units, an offense and a defense. Is there an, an athlete that you looked at and said, you know
5: what, that was actually a good acting job? Well, everybody knows I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, but I thought he did a great job in train wreck. Did you really? Yeah, I didn't think he was bad at all.
2: I thought he was believable. He was good for the amount that he was asked to do, but I have I have a good one for you. Bring Probably it. the best acting... Athlete, Kevin Costner. Wait, he's is, golfed and played baseball in movies.
5: Do we count Kevin Costner as an athlete? I'd say Tom Selleck is more of an athlete than him because I think Tom Selleck played football at USC. Yeah, right? I don't know if I can give you that, Brian. Like, well, I don't think of I'm, Costner as an athlete. No, he's an switch. actor who also no, no, is an athlete. I'm talking
3: about an actual athlete oh, yeah, gotcha. who was asked to To, to me, you have a good to play note. at
5: least at the collegiate level. Yeah, I think that's fair.
3: Right. Well, Costner's great. The Rock. <laughs> That's that's number one off the charts. It's The Rock.
5: Yeah, but I don't think you look at him. Played it to you? Yeah, no, no, I I don't dispute that, but I don't think you look at him and go, well, there's a thespian of epic proportions. That's another Daniel Day-Lewis right there. Uh, We're going to tweet that out at The Rock,
3: see if he comes at you. Uh,
5: Listen, I'm a fan of his. I think he's a great human being. I think he's got a great personality. But you don't think he's a great actor. I didn't say I don't think he's a great actor, but let's put it this way. If you replaced him in, you know... I don't know, a plethora of Daniel Day-Lewis movies. Are you going, well, you know what? This guy should I will been. find you. In, in the name of the father, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, if you put him in there, you think he's a guy that's... You're going, wow, that was a hell of a performance.
3: No, I'd pr- he's probably not going to like bring tears out of my eyes. He's not was... He's not going to
5: be able to uh, give you that Irish accent? No, he's not. I, have I you do seen have that to movie? Say, uh,
2: no, I have not, Great movie. But I do have to say, uh, I rewatched uh, Any Given Sunday a couple days ago. LT actually has a monologue that he has to deliver in the sauna. And that was actually fantastic. Pretty so good. I have to say LT pretty
3: good. LT was, he was much better than I thought he would be in any given Sunday. And a lot of athletes had cameos in that movie. To had a, he played a, played a wide receiver. If you remember in that movie as well. So
2: they, they got a lot of local, you know, or a lot of flavor athlete flavor in that, in that movie and Steven Willie Beeman. Probably the best quarterback on film. So good. Best
5: quarterback of all time is Johnny Utah.
2: (laughs) Oh, you're right. Yeah. And he jumps out of airplanes. Point
5: break, baby. (laughs) Two and two. Give me two. Two and two. Uh, Let's get back to college
3: basketball very quickly. I know a lot of people probably don't stay up late on the East Coast and watch the WCC. But on the East Coast, they're going to say WCC Gonzaga. And that's all they're going to think when they think of the WCC. Maybe this year they need to stay up later and say, okay, the Zags aren't who they thought they were, right? They're not the same Zags that we're used to from Mark Few in particular. Do you look at Gonzaga and say, this is the only team I can bet to win the WCC, or do you think that maybe a St. Mary's, Randy Bennett, and company could
5: actually be playable? No, listen, the Australian national team's got a legitimate shot. Last night, they were tied against the Dons in a late matchup. They find a way to get this thing. They win by nine. I Mm. mean, this is a tough, tough team. I think they deserve a ton of credit. Mark, you has been so dominant. Uh, you always look at this team and go, oh, it's going to be uh, Gonzaga. But the reality of it is we've seen a better team emerge this year in St. Mary's. And they've done a great job. They lead the league right now 9-0. and uh, Can't wait till these two teams match up. Um, you know, when you look at these two teams they played this weekend, as you alluded to, this one is going to be in Moraga. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the return trip at the end of the year Uh, Up in Spokane. So I think that'll kind of determine the WCC. I don't see anybody else knocking these teams off. But then again, I didn't see LMU going up to the kennel and beating the Zags either. So don't discount them. Uh, But, you know, it's a pretty good bet if you can take the Zags to win the conference. And if you're St. Mary's and you win on Saturday, I don't want to say it's over. But it is damn near close. People are going to see Gonzaga at plus dollar five and go, I'm getting plus money
3: with the Zags to just win the WCC. We're not even talking about the final four of the national championship, but they're St. Mary's at minus dollar eighty. You mentioned the Dons hundreds are one. Sorry, Bill Russell's not walking through that door. So I look at it and I go,
5: can I really not play Gonzaga at plus money? You can plus one Oh five. They're going to be a favorite tomorrow night. Uh, it will be a good matchup. I still think though it's hard to go against them. and when you get in that when are you getting them to win the wcc at a plus price? Well, you just don't see that very often. You do not.
3: By the way, long shots you know, BYU's 150 to 1, Santa Clara 150 to 1, Steve Nash is not suiting up. Is, is there? Are, is just this just a two-bid league and period and somebody else would say in the conference tournament like the Dons, uh like the Cougs, they would have to win conference tournament in order to get a bid? Or do you think they might be able to sneak a third in there?
5: No, no shot. Uh, You got to win the league if you are not named uh, St. Mary's or Gonzaga. And so if if you can do that, you got a great shot. But are you going to be able to win here is the question. If I made you guess the seed, give me the seed, not knowing how the rest of this regular
3: season is going to play out. We know the reputation that Mark Few is going to get. Yep. And I don't know if Randy Bennett gets the same benefit of the doubt. No, he does not. Are these, is this, a
5: double-digit seed for for St. Mary's and maybe the Zags like an eight. Uh, no, I think St. Mary's would probably be somewhere in that um, so, somewhere in the eight to nine range. Okay. Uh, Zags are probably four, three, four or five. Three? Not five, three to four. Three, four. Yeah. Okay. Still, they're still an elite team, right? Like they beat Alabama. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they've got what four losses on the year, which is like an alarming number when you look at what this team's been able to do, but uh, lost to LMU, that shocker at home—that's an aberration. Losing to Baylor by one point, no shame in that. Nope. And getting beat by—they got handled by Purdue. Purdue's the number one team in the country, and they lost at Texas comfortably. But you look at their losses. I mean, we're talking about teams in the top fifteen. Yeah, and so it, it would be interesting because if there are three or four, even though Saint Mary's can win the
3: win the league at minus dollar eighty, we're talking about a difference in seeding here of four or five spots. Right. Even if Saint Mary's wins the league, does that mean that? the committee is not watching WCC basketball, or is that just perception? Or do you actually think Zagas still is the better team and rightfully should be a 3-4 and St. Mary's a
5: 7-8? No, I think the fact that look at who the Zags play in the non-conference. St. Mary's is not beating Purdue, Texas, Baylor. Great point. I mean, these guys go out and play these teams. Michigan State. Look, I'm not taking anything away from Randy Bennett's teams. They've done a great job. Uh, but I think when you look at them, they are a team that if they get to the round of 32, it's a successful season If they get to the round of 16. Mark Few is... Uh, created an amazing culture up in Spokane where, look, if they don't get to the Final Four, the season's viewed as a failure. The one thing I will tell you that doesn't bode well for them, I thought their window to win a national title is gone. Mm. And in college, you can theoretically just have it reload every year. I just don't think you're going to be able to get the Chet Holmgrens and the Jalen Suggs back-to-back from the same high school. They're going to want to come up to Spokane. It's not necessarily the easiest place to get guys to come to. Um, it's it's not an easy place just to get to in general. So I, I think that... Anytime you bring in that kind of talent, back-to-back top five picks, you've got to be able to win
3: with them. Well, you you go back a couple years, right, in that great national semifinal game against UCLA that they eke out, right? And it looked like they had no gas left for Baylor, and Baylor just ran ran them right off the court, right? They don't have the
5: guard play that Mark Few normally has. In well, Spokane, right? You're absolutely right about that. That's a great point. That's the big thing with this team. They lack the guard play. I thought Nemhart was criminally underrated. Yeah. He ends up going to the Pacers, I think, in the first pick of the second round. Uh, I really liked him. I thought it was a great acquisition coming over from Florida. He's off to a fast start in his NBA career. And it, it, you bring up the point as to what the Zags are lacking. They have talent. I love Julian Strother. He's going to be a guy that plays in the NBA Vegas kid. But Drew Timmy is very solid. We know he's what he's been able to do. They just don't have the guard play in the tournament. It comes down to guard play. Can can few,
3: like, I think of the Zags, and I think tempo, and I think, you know, offense. This might be a not a typical Mark Few team, right? Because the guard play, can they play lower-scoring games and be successful? Is that the only
5: way they might be able to to make a deep run? Uh, No, I I think their style, they want to play high-scoring. Yeah, They're going to be able to do that. They'll be fine there, but... The big thing is, um, you know, look, I'm not going to discount them. I don't believe they can win it all, but it, I think it'll be difficult. I, again, though, this year is wide open and you got to give, you know, when you look back at Baylor, they had Butler, uh, Mitchell and Teague. They had some absolute dudes.
3: Yeah. I, again, St. Mary's here is still a minus $1. eighty to win uh, this conference with those two head-to-heads coming up against the Zags. Right now they're in the driver's seat. Again, projecting a little bit, again, at all is uh, – Draw dependent. I mean, I don't know if there's another tournament more draw dependent than the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I agree. But what's the? tell me about St. Mary's for those who haven't watched them closely
5: like you. What What is their calling card? They play defense. They play fundamental basketball. They don't make mistakes. They don't turn it over. They're going to make smart plays. Not a great, great shooting team, but mm-hmm. solid. They're going to make the right play. All right, so when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about some of these conference eyes. I want to look to the A-10
3: and see what you can glean from that conference, see if you can find some good numbers there. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on DC.
4: v
0: Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
3: If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, well, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets and all the big game props, so don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. That's V S I N slash subscribe so again as a visa pro subscriber we just had nick Whalen on from roadwire gave out some plays that he likes in the nba some prop plays as well there is a picks page out there daily so we make it very simple for you for our experts like them all or for our guests like nick Whalen. as a visa pro subscriber you have access to all of those daily right there on one page for you it's like one-stop shopping it very convenient. If you want those picks, that's where you get them. Uh, let's get back to your prognostication here for college basketball. Because, again, I think people now, with the Super Bowl coming next week, they're going, well, I don't have football to bet on for the first time since September, right, this weekend. Well, I'm going to look to college basketball, and I'm going to find out what teams are good. You kind of already know which teams are good and which teams aren't. Let's go to the A-10. And we're kind of doing the futures market here for some – of these smaller conferences in college basketball that don't get the same cachet as the Big Twelve, and right, you look at the A10, and who's at the top of the list? My alma mater, VCU. Let's go Rams! Plus a dollar twenty. They haven't named the Siegel Center yet after me, which I cannot believe. The Dayton Flyers are plus a dollar thirty.
5: Be honest with you, Dave. Doesn't come as much of a surprise to me. <laughs> Not a shocker. <laughs> no. <laughs> St. Louis is plus three fifty, and then GW. Colonials
3: 75 to one. There's Mason up there. He used to cover them back in their final four run. 100 to one. And then the Fordham Rams, 100 to one as well. The Bonnies, only in New York, 150 to one. You got Duquesne at 150 to one, Richmond 150 to one. and then the super long shots with UMass 200 to1. Davidson, boy, what's happened there? 250 to one. And Rhodey, Jim Herrick's not walking through that door. 250 to one for Rhode Island. Boy, you got some juicy plus prices here. Nobody at a minus price. What do you make of the A-10?
5: Well, important game tonight in St. Louis uh, between the the Billikens and VCU. This is going to be uh, very crucial in terms of determining this league, but still a long way to go. You know, the problem is the A-10 has become watered down. Mm. It's not as good as it used to be. Uh, you know, you had Loyola Chicago in there. You got 15 teams in there. Damrod's team at Duquesne has been okay. They can score, but they don't play defense. Um, uh, you know, Fordham has improved. They were, I mean, Fordham was a bet against two years ago. Every time you love when Fordham would play. St. Joe's had struggled. They had a nice easy win over Rhode Island the other day. I, I thought that was a really cheap number against Rhodey. GW, they can score at times inconsistent. Kim English had George Mason. They've had some opportunities. They lost a home game against St. Joe's. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just don't have the consistency from the perimeter. This is a league where I think anyone can get anybody on any given night. The Bonneys, we saw all their guys transfer. We saw Florida, Iowa State, two guys, uh, Yashuni and uh, Holmes are over now at uh, Iowa State. So l- really been decimated that way. Dayton, uh, good returning talent this year. They've done a nice job. Inconsistently, uh, inconsistent for uh, Grant's team offensively. Defensively, we know they can lock you down. D.C.U., similar. Very good team, but they don't have a great offensive presence. But defensively, they can really create some problems. Of course, when you look at um, the former Kentucky guard, Who's the coach at St. Louis? Drawing a blank on his name right now, but um, you know th- this is a team that can be dangerous from an offensive standpoint. But they they've had some inconsistency as well.
3: You know, I look at the game tonight with VCU going to St. Louis to take on the Billikens, and if you like the Rams in the money line, that's plus a dollar twenty-five. The Rams to win the league is plus a dollar twenty. Yeah. Would you rather? Because you would think if VCU gets this win tonight over St. Louis, that really puts them in the driver's seat to to win the A10. Would you play VCU tonight at a better price at plus dollar twenty-five versus the uh, the season-long approach at plus dollar twenty?
5: No, I would not because I think there's enough time throughout the course of the season. We still have the month of February, and when you look at the A-10 right now, looking at the schedule for VCU, uh, even if they lose this game, they've got a tough one coming up Tuesday against Dayton. But then you got Rhodey, Fordham, uh, you're at St. Joe's, Richmond, then St. Louis has a return trip, so I don't think you need to hinge it upon this game. This is a good opportunity for Travis Ford's team to be able to win this game. I think this is one that they should be able to get. Um, to me, VCU's done a really nice job, but now going on the road uh, be more challenging. They're just 4-3 and three on the road this year.
3: You know, we look at Shaka Smart and the job he's done at Marquette, but when Shaka was there and took VCU to a Final Four, feels like decades ago, right? He instilled something there, Havoc. Havoc was born, for those of you not familiar with it, when Shaka was there. And that was basically, it's like hearkening back to Nolan Richardson at Arkansas, 40 minutes of hell, right? It's not to that level of pressure, but they started an identity back then that's translated a decade later, where it's defense first. Yeah, Is that style going to be good enough to get them an A-10 title and and – I don't know how many at-large bids are going to be out there. How
5: important is it to, if you don't win the regular season title, to at least win that tournament title to make sure you get in the big dance? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, they're ranked 15th in defensive rating in college basketball. And when you think about defensive guys, there are two guys that stand out to me. Briante Weber, one of the great defensive on-ball players you've ever seen in college basketball. I don't know if he still is or if he, he – he, I mean, he was at one point. Mm-hmm. The nation's all-time leader in steals in a career, right? And then, of course, Bones Highland is doing a tremendous job with the Denver Nuggets, really could – present some challenges for you at the guard position in terms of whether you're the one or the two. He was long athletic. So we see that's where the Rams are going to hang their hat. They're going to present some challenges for Ford's team tonight. Can you score over this team consistently? If you guys can throw that graphic back up, I just want to see what the total on this one is tonight. I think it's like 139.5 or 139.5. 140. This is um, – You can play with tempo, but, again, can the Billikens shoot the ball well enough against a very good defensive team and one that really can present some problems – that's what it's going to come down to. I think if you're VC, VCU, you're more than comfortable playing it in the 70s, but you're also comfortable if this game gets played in the 60s. So would you lean towards the under there, or
3: would you kind of wait and see how the tempo goes?
5: Yeah, that's a fair question. I would lean early towards the under, but I also think if this thing gets up to 145 or so, you could come back with an under here. Um, I just think that VCU is too good defensively to expect the Billikens to be able to be have sustained offense all night long unless they just shoot lights out. You look at the couple of scores we've seen from previous games here mm-hmm. for. Um, the Rams. one, 119 against the Bonnies, 120 against uh, Davidson, uh, Richmond 136. We know Richmond wants to. Mooney's team likes to go up and down the floor. Yeah. Uh, UMass uh, 83 55. Frank Martin's team wants to get up and down the floor. So, you know, they played some defense here. I, I would lean towards the under here. When you look at the conference and
3: again, VCU <laughs> has the small favorite here. And we mentioned St. Louis over a $3 betting underdog. Dayton, the Flyers there, plus 130. Nice little rivalry starting to build between Dayton and VCU. Is this, obviously, the odds tell you that George Washington 75-1. That's the fourth betting favorite. Yeah. So it's three teams or bust. Are all three of those teams, in your eyes, NCAA tournament teams, or is
5: this a two-bid league? Well, you know, I think VCU and Dayton get in. But, again, things could change. We'll see how it plays out down the stretch. The Billikens, I, I think it will be hard for them to get in as an at-large. I think they've got to win the A-10 tournament title. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a great league because you've got 15 teams, right? So you've got to play. Everybody but one gets, gets a bye. Right. Um, uh, so uh this is gonna be, you know, a great, great league. And I'm looking forward to the A ten tournament itself.
3: Yeah, and again, and we'll get to those numbers once we figure out the seedings for the A ten tournament. So the regular season, we're looking at three VCU Dayton and and St. Louis, and that's it. You probably don't want to go too far down the betting board past those three. Very important game tonight with VCU and St. Louis. When you get to the tournament, yeah, is this the type of league where you could find a longer shot, right? And say I'm not going to play those favorites because this thing's wide
5: open. Great, great point. And I think was it last year? I forgot who played the Bonnies. Um, They had an opportunity uh, to be able to steal a bid. I don't remember if they did or not, but absolutely. I don't like GW, um, but I think Mason could be dangerous. Mm. Um, you know, There aren't a lot of great teams in the league this year, but I don't think it's out of the possibility. I think this is a league where you could potentially – VCU could struggle. Dayton could struggle offensively. I think there's a possibility there. Even St. Louis, inconsistent at times. So, yeah, great, great league if you want to take a team that might be a bit of a longer shot. So, that's kind of the exercise here
3: for the regular season odds. Don't go too far off the betting board there. Look at the top three, VCU, Dayton, and St. Louis – and then, once you do get to the A tournament, that's where chaos might ensue. Yeah, absolutely. Because we looked at it w- with the Pac-12, right? Like, yes, SC is still playable at 9-1, possibly win the regular season. But when you get to the postseason, that feels like it's going to be down to those big three. When yeah. you get to the—I don't see upsets coming fast and furious there. But in a league like this— this is the type of league where you can really see chaos once you get to the conference tournament.
5: I, I thought, Dave, you brought up a great point that not only applies to the A 10, but it applies to so many other leagues across the country. I think when you look at Conference USA, Florida Atlantics have a tremendous season. We saw UAB absolutely wipe them yep. out of Birmingham last night. Uh, I think you look at those types of leagues. I think there's some other opportunities there. I think of the big 10, I think it's going to be open. I know a lot of people are going to point to Bama and the SEC, but I think Tennessee's dangerous. Look, I am pro Kentucky. I, I, I've said it for a long time. I'm a big John Cal guy. I think the talent is still there. Um, I think the big 12, my God, <laughs> look, Oklahoma state can go win this league. I, they probably won't. There's just so much talent in the league, but I think when you look at the pac 12, there's two teams. That's it. Right. Like, But everywhere else, man, there's some great, great betting opportunities. I cannot wait. I think that week is better than the NCAA tournament. People don't realize there's so much gravy out there.
3: There is. And again, they should rename the Siegel Center after (laughs) you. I've never played. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk about some Super Bowl odds as well, maybe for the MVP market. It is Big Bets here on DC.
5: v
0: Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: The final game of the NFL season is upon us, and BetRivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. You can win up to 10K in bonus money instantly by playing our exclusive bet river squares this football season place a 10 dollars wager or more in qualifying bets you're gonna get the square on the house if your numbers on the square match the final score of the game you're gonna win restrictions on qualifying wagers eligible bonuses and credit use full terms and conditions available at BetRiversquares.com. i want to give you our pro tip here for this hour again amal it's something that you really look and when you're looking at numbers closely some people go, oh, minus a dollar ten, minus dollar fifteen. What's the difference? Right. There's a rather large difference over time. And I'm all, as you computed, if you're gonna bet minus a dollar fifteen, you should avoid it first and foremost. If you bet it, you've got to go fifty-three point four nine percent on minus the dollar fifteen bets versus minus the dollar ten bets, you just have to go fifty-two point three eight. That's just a break even. Right. So I'm all you're looking at it, and that's a flag for you. When you see minus minus dollar fifteen,
5: yeah, you prefer not to take those bets. I've seen a couple of shops have now changed to minus one fifteen, and you know, I said to them, I said, "What are you trying to drive your customers away?" And <laughs> you know, because look, let me give you a simple example. Yep, if you bet eleven hundred on a game to win a dime, okay, you bet you'd lay the one ten. Now you bet eleven fifty to win a dime. It may not sound like a big deal, fifty bucks. Over time, um, imagine if you do that on hundred bets, that's five thousand dollars.
3: It's a, it's a great point that I think a lot of people, especially smaller bettors, right? They're going to go, well, it's not that big a difference. It actually is. And I think those numbers that you just computed point that out. Yeah. So, again, people, when you're out there and if you're a casual better, just getting into the space, that should be something to look at and say, I don't want to get in the habit of betting minus fifteen because the pure math of it, just to break even, it's certainly not the same as minus $1. ten.
5: Yeah, and Dave, it's just – you brought it up perfectly, the math. At long term, it becomes a losing proposition. You get to minus 120, the numbers become worse, so on and so forth. So I think that's very important. You know, you kind of catch that and are very aware of that. And so certainly in the Super Bowl market, shop around because some books are going to
3: only have the $1. fifteen. You can find others that have the $1. ten. That is for sure and certain, but you got to do your due diligence. That is the pro tip here. Uh, four big bets for this hour. Again, as a Visa pro subscriber, you have access to up to 20 of those a day across the betting spectrum here on the network. And again, you can go to vson.com sort those out by show and or by sport. So that is actually leads us in perfectly when you're looking at, say, MVP numbers. You're going to see a lot of different numbers out there, minus star fifteen, minus star tens, minus star fifty. And you don't want to get in the habit of playing those big minus numbers all the time because, again, do the math over time, uh, it's not going to be beneficial to you. Now, we like to look at maybe correlations, Mm -hmm. which teams you like versus Super Bowl MVP, for instance, okay? Those markets will change. We understand that it's a quarterback-driven league, and more often than not, the Super Bowl MVP has become a quarterback award. So when you look at Mahomes, plus $1.30, and you look at Jalen Hurts, plus $1.20, correlate that with the numbers. Right now, the Chiefs are plus a dollar ten. Yep. Well, could Travis Kelsey at ten to one win the MVP? Yeah. Could Pacheco get it at thirty-five to one? Boy, I don't know. It feels like the smarter play versus Chiefs plus a dollar ten would be Mahomes plus a dollar thirty to win the MVP. Because if the Chiefs are going to win the game, if you really believe that,
5: Mahomes probably going to have to be Superman in uh, order to get that done. I would agree with you, but. Um, I just think that if you like KC, it's got to be Mahomes plus one thirty on the play. Now, the one pushback I can appreciate if somebody gives is, well, you regret it if they don't win. You know, if they win the game and somebody else gets the MVP, like Chris Jones at forty to one, could McKinnon,
3: who you really like, fifty to one to have a big day. The problem there is, is the league going to give it to Kelsey, who theoretically would get everything done with fifteen getting him the football? Correct. Right. So you would have to, even though it feels like a good number at Kelsey at 10 to 1, remember, they want to give it to Mahomes. He's going to win the MVP this year, people. He's going to win the MVP. There, I, I just don't see another scenario where he doesn't. Now, conversely, when you look at Jalen Hurts, this is the interesting side here. If you want to back the Eagles, Hurts is plus 20. We well, go, now I'm getting plus money for a team that's favored. Do you like that angle? Instead of laying the point and a half right now with the Eagles. Um,
5: You know, it's not a bad way to go. I I think it's something you can definitely consider. Uh, But it just depends on where you come out. See, I think Philly is a little bit more wide open. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a possibility. In terms of wide receivers, I mean, I think there have been seven wide receivers that have won MVP.
3: Right. I I go back to, like, I remember when Deion Branch won it for the Patriots, right? And they didn't give it to Tom Brady. Not not saying they regret it because Deion Branch had a great Super Bowl game, right? But back then, Brady wasn't kind of Brady yet, and maybe that's where Hurts is. Maybe he's not that name commodity yet where you feel like 15 on the other side. If they win, he's probably going to get it. Right. So, there's – the variance is – that if the Eagles do win, there's a better chance of somebody else getting it versus if the Chiefs win,
5: probably going to go to Mahomes. You know, the other thing is, and remember, it's voted on, but I kind of feel like when a Larry Brown wins Super Bowl MVP and Super Bowl 30 for the Cowboys, the problem with that is like you hate giving the award to somebody who's just like you look like go Larry Brown, you know. You, look at, you want the MVPs, like with the Niners, Jerry Rice and Joe Montana. You want guys that are known commodities, Hall of Famers, guys that have been cornerstones of the league. Mm-hmm. You know, Mahomes, when, he, when it's all said and done, regardless of how many Super Bowls he wins, this guy's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Right. He's already on that Mount Rushmore
3: for some already. Yeah. Right? And so that's why, the, it, because of voted on award, right? And it feels like they're going to be leaning in that direction. On the other side, it does feel more wide open. With the Eagles. Who are real playable numbers to you? Like do you look at a Miles Sanders at 22 to one? Do you look at an AJ Brown, say 10 to one? And he's the second guy off the board after Hurts at plus $1.20. You know, Devonta Smith is an intriguing guy at 25 to 1 because everybody talks about AJ. Here's another guy over the top. Remember, the Chiefs are very young. A lot of rookies playing in that back four. Yeah. So if Hurts is healthy, again, you gotta go, well, who got him the
5: football? Jalen Hurts. But you feel like maybe those wide receivers could be in play. Yeah, I think so. I think Devontae Smith, 25 to 1, is definitely very dangerous. Um, you know, you mentioned Hassan Reddick coming down from 50 to 1 to 35 to 1 the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't see um, for Kansas City, MBS or Juju Smith Schuster, regardless of health, uh, being a guy that's going to win it. Um, but de- I think Philadelphia, you've got a lot more options. I think Philly's the type of team where you can take a longer shot. I think Miles Anderson, 22 to one's a dangerous one. I agree. Look, I
3: actually believe there are going to be a lot more points scored in this game right now than people think. Yeah. I think the receiver is going to be just fine. We'll find out their health situation. But if I'm wrong, and this is a you know, knockdown, drag out, you know, trenches type game, that's where I think a guy like Chris Jones could come in and play a 40-1. to Let's just say it's a type of game where there's only a couple touchdowns scored. I don't see that happening, by the way. Right. But if there was a game in the teens – right, where it becomes a field goal type game. I think Chris Jones, if he had a monster three-stack game, alters a game like Von Miller did against Cam Newton and company, where Von went on to be the MVP of the game, right? That's where a defensive player could really come into play. And Chris Jones has got that game-wrecking ability right now. They're putting him on par, as they should with Aaron Donald, from the interior. So if Chris Jones can have that type of performance, I think he's possibly playable 41. I don't forecast a game like that. I don't think that's what we're going to see. I think it's going to be more over the top. We're going to get some big plays here. But if it's a knockdown drag out, that's where he can come into play.
5: Yeah, I hear you. But I'll tell you why Jones, in my opinion, can't win it. Jalen Hurts is very mobile. When you look at it, as good as Nick Bosa has been, uh, he would led the league in sacks. It's ch- tough to get to Jalen Hurts' mobility. So unless Chris Jones is going to have a sack, fumble, recover for a touchdown mm-hmm. or set something up a couple of times, I think it's going to be very difficult. I, I think when you look at the quarterback that they have to chase, he is not easy to get down, not only from a size and strength standpoint, but a mobility standpoint, more importantly. To me, it comes down to um, – I like Reddick because he's an edge rusher yep. who could potentially, with Mahomes sometimes, and especially with the high ankle sprain, may not be as fleet of foot as he's been in the past. I think he becomes dangerous. But other than Redick, I'm looking all offensive – Kansas City, looking at Mahomes. Philly, you can look at Hurts, obviously. A.J. Brown, I'm, I'm not as high on. But Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, those are the guys I would look at.
3: You know, you said that it's it's tough to get to Jalen Hurts. It's really tough when the tackles jump off sides every
2: play and they don't call it.
3: False start! Play. Can we call some false starts?
2: So we to you, do that. So, to your guys' point, in the last 10 years, we've had... You know, MVP. Other than the quarterback, the number the other two options are linebackers and wide receivers are the only other players to win. And one of the linebackers was Malcolm Smith because he made, I believe, that fantastic interception at the end of the game. There it is. And Von Miller won one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So So, you guys are on the right track.
3: So there that's where we're trying to get to. Running backs feel like they're non existent. Like I know Miles Sanders, twenty two to one, could come into play, but boy, to Brian's point there, it's all quarterback and occasional LB, game changer, right? And a wide receiver. Past that, good luck, running backs. A lot of fun. uh, Brian, great job behind the glass. Let's take uh, Top Gun Maverick 10 to 1, everybody. Brian says that's a playable number. Of all great stuff, as always, I want to thank Nick Whalen for joining the program as well. Don't go anywhere. The final countdown is next here on VC.